Anniversary Buffy fancast. I'm your watcher Donna. <laughs> I'm your watcher Jack. I'm your watcher Adrian. <laughs> and we've got a special guest star with us today, Jen. Yeah, Jen, Jen Jenny, Jennifer. Which well, I answered anything. I understand that. Okay. She was really excited in high school when I started calling her Jen. I remember that. Okay. I think I've been trying to get it going, and no one would change what they called me. But you know. I was an early adopter of call people whatever name they want to be called. If somebody, <laughs> if somebody really did answer it anything, I would, I would call them Annie. Well, I mean, any for sort short. of Jen, except for Jen Jen. Oh, because Annie oh, is God. short for Annie. Has anybody ever called you Jen Jen? Yes. That's. The guy at my gym learned an important lesson about not calling me Jen Jen. Recently. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, Jen is from the podcast Pilot Inspectors. And also closer to free. Yes, that's the party of five rewatch. Yes. Podcast. Cool. When we're done and I start going on about Google Play and iTunes, remind mm-hmm. me and I'll okay. let you let you plug up. But I'll probably forget because I get kind of on a roll. Uh, so we are discussing the iconic episode "Helpless" today, written by David Fury, directed by James A. Ah, James, dude, your last name, James A. Contner. And it originally aired January 19th, 1999. This, this episode, um, Buffy starts, she's not, she's not feeling her slayer self. She almost gets killed by a vampire in the opening scene. She can't throw knives. Later on, she tries to pull a bully off Cordy and she can't budge him. And Giles just keeps saying, not to worry about it. Not to worry about it. And it turns out that they're actually giving her a test that doesn't make a whole lot of sense in my mind anyway to make sure that she is cunning and self-reliant and smart. Yeah. And of course the whole thing just does not go well at all. So the reason for the test is because <laughs> demons have to level up with the slayers. So you know what? <laughs> You don't want your demons getting more powerful than your slayers, so you want, like, when she reaches level 18, you want to, like, cap that off. You want to make that a, a hard they, cap. They nerfed her. Yeah, so, like, so they nerf her, and then they, they bring her into a situation where they have to, like, where she has to, like, use her mind and, and, like, cunning to, like, get through the situation. And if she dies, then it's okay. All the demons level back down to level 1, or level 15, wherever they start. Um, but if she succeeds, then all the demons are level 18 and she's ready to, she's geared and ready to go. I'm really glad that was a sarcastic answer because when you started explaining, I was ready to make a mansplaining joke at you. So, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know why they do the test because they're men and she's a woman. Like yeah. it's, it really, they like controlling her. They, and they, they like feeling stronger than her. They, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's she's not a person to them. We we yeah. do like see that over and over again yeah. in the series. The Watchers Council. Yeah, the, uh, this is the first introduction of Quentin Travers and the Watchers Council. And like, as far as I can tell, they're always adversaries. They're always adversarial with Buffy. Like, like 
there is not one point where I can think of like the Watchers Council actually being helpful, except for when they say, "Oh, by the way, Glory is a god." Like, like until they say that, like unless like they have not been helpful before then, and they're not really helpful after. Does Giles take Willow to the Watchers Council to like rehabilitate? No, not her? even witches in Devon. Oh, that's right. Okay, so. So not even. Yeah, fuck the Watchers Council, man. <laughs> Um, the Watcher Council... No, the Watcher Council gets killed at the beginning of, of season, season seven. seven. Yeah. Okay, never mind. They're still alive. All right, so we're we're not spoiler-free here, right? We are not. <laughs> okay. Even a little bit I meant to ask, and I... I uh, well, because it's... I mean, I understand if it's not, because it's 20 years, but... We figured you've <laughs> had plenty of time. Unless you were literally born, like, five years ago, in which case, don't watch Buffy. It's not the show for you. No, it might... Well, five years ago, you'd be five. So, yeah, I've tried to get my kid to watch it. See, I've tried not to get mine to watch it, but she does sometimes, and she really likes it. Oh, I'm jealous. (laughs) I should also mention my child's name is Xander. Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) I need him to like it, so he'll probably hate it. (laughs) So, one thing I noticed on this rewatch is that in the opening scene, she displays everything they're looking for. In their test. Uh, this is the first time that she starts to realize she's becoming weak. Uh, vampire knocks her down, turns her stake around, and is about to drive a stake into her. And as she mentioned a couple episodes back, you'd be surprised how many things a stake to the heart will kill. Um, and, but she displays cunning, imagination, confidence, and self-reliance in getting herself out of that situation. She does. Mm-hmm. Uh, thereby proving that this test is stupid. And unnecessary. Um, is the opening just her fighting the vampire, or does she... She she fights with Angel. She fights with Angel, okay. Because I had a note that said, how do we feel about that opening? And I couldn't figure out why. As you know, Bob, we're not sleeping together. Yes. That's how I feel about that opening. Because they know they're not sleeping together. They did not need to discuss the fact that they were not sleeping together, except to remind us. Yeah, they have the fight, and then I think... Don't we see her with Giles and the crystals before we see her go weak? I think so, because she makes the comment about, uh, he likes it when I call him daddy. Yeah. Yeah. But she's talking about her father. She's talking about her father, yeah. Handsome older man likes it when I call him daddy. Somebody else just talked about Giles. You gotta be careful when you transition into things. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she just said Giles, and you were like, yeah, he likes it when he calls her daddy. I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, Buffy's wearing baggy clothes pretty early on in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a lot of reasons to be sad in this episode. Well, no, even before she like knows. Yeah, she's wearing those. She needs the sad overalls. Baggy, the sad overalls. I mean, in um, that's what we call them. Why am I blanking on his uh, Ted? In Ted, it's like she's where she's having a hard time. She's wearing the overalls. Yeah. yeah. I almost wore my overalls today to commemorate sad overalls, <laughs> but I looked terrible in them, so I didn't. Um. But yeah, she's wearing those baggy cargo pants um, early on, so and that is classic signs of Buffy not feeling good, is that she's wearing baggy clothes. I have a note here that says Giles is a good but cold water. Watcher. watcher. <laughs> I bet that's Watcher. Liar. Oh, now see, I had a comment about him lying too. More about what a good actor Anthony Stewart Giles is, because he Anthony manages... Anthony Stewart Giles. <laughs> Stewart... <laughs> Head. Uh, because he delivers that line in such a way that it's clear that Giles is a bad liar. Yes. Yeah, I thought Giles was a terrible liar. I thought he was a good liar, except that he, he was too cold. 
Yeah. Like he just, he wasn't warm like he usually is. Mm -hmm. I thought like I, I thought he was he was a bad liar. Like it seemed like he was obviously lying to me. He was the Ripper. Okay, he's a good liar. <laughs> Not anymore. I said he was. Oh, that's true. He was a good liar. Um, but like, like if I were a teenager around him, I don't think I would have noticed him lying. Like, like to me now, I see him and I'm like, you're lying. But like, as a teenager, preoccupied as I was with so much shit that was going on in my life, I would not have like noticed it. And then, three things in a row, her dad lets her down. And then we see that Giles is betraying her as well. Uh, now she finds out about that a little later, but he repeats the line, look for the flaw at its center, which I actually really feel like is a, is the theme statement for this whole episode, that we're mm. looking for the flaws that mm. people have deep inside. At the center of the Watcher's Council with the Christian Mantum, and at the center of Zachary Krillick's belly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the center of Giles, that he was willing to do this to Buffy. I feel so betrayed when I watch this episode. I it's wrote, really upsetting. It one is of, very upsetting. One of my notes is this episode makes me queasy. Yeah, so let, let's talk about the Tento di Cruciamentum for a second, because, like, I know a lot of people here have a lot of problems with it, and so yes. do I. Um, so in the lore, the Watcher's Council has been practicing the Cruciamentum for at least a dozen centuries. That means they started practicing it sometime around 10,000 BCE. Like, that's a long time ago. Um, Say that again. Uh, they've been, they've been, oh, you're right. That's a dozen. That's not, <laughs> that's a dozen millennia. Thank you. Okay, so, so not so bad. A thousand BCE, that's not. Oh, it's really early in the less. morning and math is hard, but I was pretty sure that 2000 minus 12 wasn't a negative. So number. 800 BCE? 800 AD? 800 CE? Yes. It was a long time ago. Yeah, so, okay, still a long time ago, but not as long as I thought it was. I was thinking, whoa, the Watcher's Council predates Egypt. But, like, that's, yeah, that's not 12 centuries. Well, how many slayers do you think have died doing this? Oh. I don't know. Right? Like, so like, many. Like, this, sounds, this seems like a better way to, like, lose your slayer. I think that's the point. I think the point was you never wanted your slayer to get that powerful. I don't know, man. To me, it's a it's a lose lose situation because either you you lose your slayer and then somewhere else in the world a slayer pops up, or she she wins and she's mad as hell. You know, maybe the 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 hope is that if you lose this slayer, one of, the one that pops up will be like Kendra, who's been yeah, trained well, her you, whole yeah, life. Yeah, you say she's mad as hell, and the first thing I think is. But Kendra would have been okay with it. Yeah, Kendra would have true. been like, this is just what's done. Yes, yeah, exactly. True. So a lot of, like, the ones that they had, I mean, Buffy's the weird one, right? Like, she's not willing to kind of be just like a nameless soldier. And then there's Faith, who's Buffy. Oh, Faith would have killed the Watcher's Council. <laughs> I think she would have, she would have uh, stabbed Travers. Like, I, I don't mm -hmm. think she would have, or she would have been like, fuck this, and she would have just left. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I'm not playing this game. Yeah, like my so the, it happens if the Slayer survives to her 18th birthday. Uh, some Watchers go through this test as well. Uh, Giles and Wesley later mention going through a similar test, um, where uh, Giles was sent in with a group of Watchers into a place, and like the demon killed all of them except for Giles. Um, Damn. And I don't remember. I don't remember where this is. I'm gonna look it up when I stop talking. Um, <laughs> and so, so I'll come back to that. Um, but. Um, but yeah, so so possibly this is for Watchers who will one day have a Slayer. 
Um, but so ignoring that, um, some, uh, like, I think it might be because the Slayer is, like, they basically don't want the Slayer getting too powerful. So they put her in a situation where either she's powerful enough to defeat us all, or like, or we get rid of her. Like, but, uh, but I don't know, because you're right, like, how do they control the Slayer thereafter? She can't even... She can't ever trust the council again, nor her watchers, so it seems like this is mostly bad. I could see them replacing a watcher if that's too much of a problem, but, like, that's still the watchers' council. So, I'm, I guess the council mostly hopes that most of them are going to be like Kendra, like Jen said. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, like, Kendra's a special case because she was, like, raised to all, like, they, mm-hmm. they knew that she was going to get tapped for Slayerhood, or that she was a potential. And so she was just raised to be this like her fighting is she was trained as a fighter so her fighting is good even without the slayer abilities as evidenced by season seven though most slayers are not like that some of the potentials were right like didn't kennedy have a watcher i thought she did maybe like i think some of them knew at least a couple i feel like it was mentioned by at least kennedy um but i'm i'm kind of now I just want to know, I want to know some numbers. Like, I wish Joss Whedon could tell us some percentage rates. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, this, I love Buffy. Because there are things that you just, you think, every time you're talking about it or thinking about it, you think of new things. I'm just thinking, if they gave a shit about the Slayer, wouldn't there be Slayer journals? There's Watcher's journals. But I'm just thinking, because <laughs> I was thinking, like, man, it would have been great if the other Slayers had journals and she could have known about this test, but they don't want them to get knowledge. killed a few Slayers, mm. you'd literally have the journals of the Slayers who are like, I encountered a vampire, and he says he'll be back for me. Yeah. If I were to do a Buffy podcast, like a regular one, I would just want to, like, debate Spike every episode. Like, we, it would just we, we be do. Spike, a, like, a Spike-specific podcast. We, we, we do, we do. On episodes where he wasn't even in the episode, I'm like, Angel did this thing, and then let's talk about Spike. So, I'm going to change the subject and have a little, actually it's an anti-rant, because I frequently rant about uh, medical stuff, and they kind of, almost, sort of, did the injection right. Almost, kind of, sort of. Because... Of the angle he goes in at. Usually when they portray somebody injecting something into a vein, they come at the arm at a right angle. And I'm like, you're, you're going to hit the vein and then go right through it and inject into muscle or, you know, yeah. something. But he actually um, occluded the vein in any way, so he was going to have a very, very hard time getting into it. But I was just so excited that he went in at a realistic angle that I let them go on the occluding the vein part. I noticed that too. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's. That's how they do it at the doctor. And then I didn't watch the scene anymore because needles. I was, I was <laughs> hoping that you said that because you'd heard me rant before. Uh, no. I failed my blood glucose test when I was pregnant, so I had to do the four hour one where they spend four hours sticking you with a needle every hour. Oh, and you're such a bad so, test taker. Oh, yeah, I am, especially when there's needles and blood involved. And, uh, and so, uh,. That's where I learned a lot about taking blood. That's how I learned how to draw blood was on a diabetic patient. Yeah. yeah. My doctor said, okay, draw blood from him every hour. I'm going. I don't know how to draw blood. I failed it because they told me to eat normally, so I did. And then when I got there, the nurse was really angry at me. She's like, you were supposed to fast. And I was like, but they, I I asked. They told me to eat normally. She, She was just really angry. The mention of Giles going into the 
going through a test similar to the Christiumentum um, was in one of the comics. Oh, okay. So that's why... Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, they, in, the, in the episode, I don't recall them talking about that, Wesley does say that he went through a version of it, but then he also adds on that the vampire was heavily sedated. Yeah, it was or like heavily, a controlled situation. Yeah, it was a very controlled situation. Yeah. And it wasn't like a real, you're going to do what the Slayer did. It was like a... There's an episode of... Um, Nikki Wood goes through that. There's an episode of... When she's pregnant. Uh, Angel where they all lose their memory and come back as teenagers and Wesley talks about being in a test. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that episode. It's right before it's like horrible. Yeah, Wesley yeah. thinks he was going <laughs> through a similar trigger. test. Yeah. So That's I think the they do the I think they do put watchers through a similar test. Not all watchers, but I bet the watchers that are gonna have a slayer go through that test. Um can I also say another thing about the Christian Memdom? Yes. Like two gentlemen in charge of the Cruciamentum, aside from Quentin Travers, and those two gentlemen later grow up to become Major Malcolm Reed of the star of the Starship Enterprise, uh, led by Jonathan Archer, <laughs> Captain Jonathan Archer in Supernatural. Wait, wait, wait! One of those was Catch. One of those was Catch. Who, 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 who was Catch? The one, the the one that wasn't that one that was Catch. So like of the two of them. <laughs> I didn't recognize. It was the, the one that died second. Okay. The one whose ha- arm is hanging in the, is is just in okay. the kitchen. I didn't recognize him. Oh my god! Well, actually, that's funny because the guy that plays the vampire was on uh, Supernatural. Oh, he's been in everything though. Yeah, like, he's a character actor, and he's been in Buffy twice. Yes, he has. Like, I just like, thought he's, he he's had Rack. Uh, he's he's the guy that the magic dealer who like mm-hmm. gets Willow addicted in season five. Or season six. 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 But yeah, I, I I recognized him specifically because we just did the episode of Supernatural he was on for the Family Business, our brother podcast, uh, our brother wife podcast. No, no, we're not doing that. That is not a thing we're doing. Uh, you look like you have something to say. I the exchange between Buffy and Giles. I throw knives like, and then Giles says, like a girl. I really like that Buffy looks pissed and says, like, I'm not the slayer. Yeah, that was a great exchange. Mm -hmm. I love that. With justified fuck you face is what I described Buffy having. Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite line in the whole episode? Is it, (laughs) ice is cool, it's water, but not. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to take you up to your thunder. That's exactly Like, the whole time I'm watching, I'm just like, Oz is so cool. Like, I forget. I forget that Oz is so cool. And then every time I watch it, I'm just like, he he has some of the best lines. He does. And he's so deadpan, and he doesn't know how cool he is. Or maybe he does, but he doesn't care. Yeah. And I I understand why why you loved him so much. much. When we first started. Because when we first got the WB, it was like fourth season. And so I got you to start watching because of him, and then he went away. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember, like, he was gone, like, two episodes but after I got you, like, to spike, it. so it was okay, but I was like, if she stops watching, I'm gonna have no one left. <laughs> because <laughs> no one I knew watched this show. And I, I didn't have good internet at home. <laughs> like, who was I gonna talk to about my fandom? Yeah, well, the, like, I don't even remember that there were fandoms of... I, I mean, they were on the internet, I just didn't know where to find them back then. 
It wasn't I'm having like, that with Supernatural right now because I have lots of friends who watch Supernatural, mm. but none of them are fucking caught up. I'm sorry. And That's... important things have happened that I need to talk about. I need to hook you up with my friend Allison. She knows what's going on. I'm years behind. Uh, yeah, it's well, and it's hard if you talk about shows a certain way. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't go to forums and. I can't, I, the thing I learned I like about having a podcast is you give your opinions on Mike and then people come to you that like kind of talk the same way you do and it's so much better because I can't, like you'll go talk to somebody about a show like Supernatural and I'm like, yeah, the boys are so dreamy. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> it's a I, bonus, sure, but I mean, that's not what I'm what watching. They are. I can't, like I learned I can't talk to any women about Magic Mike because um, I I watched it because I'm a Soderbergh fan, and I thought uh, Channing Tatum was really funny in uh, 21 Jump Street. But anytime I talk to people about it, it they watched it for different reasons that I don't relate to. I was recently held captive by a group of women who made me watch Magic Mike XXL. Magic Mike 2, I don't remember what it's called. And, my God, that's a bad movie. That is really bad. Really? It is really bad. The first it's one actually is really pronounced, good. It's actually pronounced Magic Mike. Oh. <laughs> okay, you're right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, every now and then there's a dance, and that's good. Well, I've been wanting to see that one because one of the Gilmore guys said it was very inspirational to him. There's <laughs> one scene in it um, where they challenge uh, Joe Mimms character to um, get this girl to smile. It's an Italian sounding name, right? Mangiola? Ma- ma- it's Man- I usually know it. I don't know it right now. Yeah, but mean- I just call him Elsie, even though I never got that far <laughs> in True Blood. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, and that is a great scene. That scene is worth watching the whole rest of the horrible, horrible movie. But <laughs> it's a great scene. Well, and after we're done recording this, I'm going to make people watch it. Um, well, to get back on track, like, or right before we get back on track, I just want to say, if you do want to see him in something amazing, see him play himself in the newest Pee-wee movie. <laughs> it's like he and Pee-wee on a road trip, and the movie itself isn't amazing, but I really like him playing himself in that movie, so I just, no one ever talks about it, so I wanted to get that recommendation on okay, my... Okay, fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, can, can we talk about when Angel confessed he saw Buffy when she was called. God, yes. that was creepy. That was so creepy. He said it so nicely, though. Like, he, the way he said it was beautiful, and it made me almost forget that he was being stalkery and creepy. Read why my note is, Angel's a stalker. Pretty words don't change that. Uh, I went, she was a kid, and then followed it up with, she was a baby. Well, she was, what, 15 when she was called? And we saw yeah. her in that scene... And he's talking about how she held her heart out uh, before her for all to see. And I'm like, no, she didn't. She was talking about boys. And, and she had a lollipop. Yeah, like, I I think he's romanticized. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. I, he's done some history revision in his head. Yes. That's one thing I hate on TV. And I understand why they do this. It makes total sense. Um, because we have already seen it. But when a character is given information that we already have they don't react in a very realistic way. Like, that would be a much longer conversation in mm-hmm. real life. You'd be like, wait, what? You watched... Why did you watch Whistler? Who's Whistler? But they don't have... She's just like, oh, you saw me. Neat. Yeah. And yeah. It, oh, it drives me crazy. Because Buffy needs to know about Whistler because she's going to need this in season nine. <laughs> I have only... Or eight. You know what? 
I buy the comics. I don't read them. <laughs> I've gotten really behind. I've read the first few of season nine, and I You're just... You're just like, this is one less person who has to be exposed to this. I... <laughs> well, I, I, I want to read them. I keep buying them. I think we're missing a few, but I... I have my comic book store still collects them for me and I pick them up like twice a year, but I haven't read them. And we were just talking yesterday about how we need to carve out time, my husband and I, to, to read these comics because it, it sounds like everything's better than season eight. Is that... Oh, I don't know. I don't know because like... He doesn't I, read. He reads I, I, Wikipedia. No, no, no. Oh. No, I did read the actual comic. I did, did read the actual season eight comic. And uh, I... Comics. Comic. Well, it was one big trade back, I guess. Or whatever they're called. Graphic novel. Yeah, okay, whatever. What it's, kind of nerd are you? I'm not it's a not comic a nerd. Oh. I'm not a comic nerd. <laughs> He's not a comic nerd. I, I'm, I, I'm mostly a studious nerd. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but, I, but I dabble in geekdom, in fandoms. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like, um, season eight was fun, but it had all, it had a lot of elements of comics that made mm -hmm. me, like, be like, this is really weird. Oh, like Josh Whedon was like, this is kind of hot trash, like... Like, Don growing super big, yeah. and, like, then Don and Xander maybe getting together, and then, like, no. the world being weird, oh, and... Yeah. No! Oh, it was so much weirdness. No! Yeah. That's why I'm not, like, 100% on, it's not, I don't believe it's canon, necessarily. <laughs> okay. Now I really want to read more. <laughs> I read something yesterday that I found very, very weird. And uh, I need to know if it was true. It was about... God, who was it? It was... Oh, I already forgot. That's good. I, I repressed. Okay. Something <laughs> Illyria. So one thing I find really interesting about this episode is Buffy has always been kind of resentful of being the slayer you know she wants to be a normal girl she wants to go to prom she wants to go on dates she wants to, and all but when she starts losing her power she is not happy about mm -hmm. it she does not want to be normal all of a sudden and i just thought that was interesting well i think because like you know she has it's what she is like mm -hmm. regardless of how much she wanted it or if she asked for it or not it's what she is mm -hmm. and so you know you take that away and she spent the last Four years, three, four years, like, building this into her identity. Like, this is who she is now. Well, and she knows. Now mm. she knows what's going on. Like, if you, like, with vampire things like this, like, not just Buffy, but I'm watching Vampire Diaries. It's like people, it's weird if you're fine being normal in this world. Mm -hmm. Like, that's part of Xander's problem, is that, like... You know, he doesn't have any powers or anything, and it must really suck. Especially when you see, you know, somebody being, you know, a douchebag to Cordelia, and you want to help her. Although, she's fine on her own. Right? She's um, super fine. <laughs> but, I, but, like, how can she watch things like that happen and not do something about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, that was actually one of my comments was, I'm not sure that Cordelia needed to be rescued. Cordelia's fine. She yeah. took care of that problem just fine. I love Cordelia. Dude, yeah. when that guy put hands on her, like, I thought she was legitimately going to kill him with the look on her face. Mm -hmm. Like, she she was not going to put up with that. Um, can we talk about how hard, we don't have to talk about it a lot, but how hard that guy pushed Buffy? Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> That's pretty hard. Like, and then every, like, she hit a bench and fell down, and then everybody just sort of goes on like that's normal, which I guess is fine. Like, Cordelia going on like it's normal is fine, because... She knows. She knows, but, like, 
I feel like that would startle the dude that she's pushed a Buffy. little girl. I feel like that would yeah. startle most people. Like, most yeah. people would be like, what the hell? Although the whole school kind of knows something's up with Buffy. So they that's may just true. be like, oh, that's weird for her. But then go on because they've seen her do all sorts of weird Just an episode or two back, she gave a guy a dirty look and he backed down. So yeah. I think the true. school does know. And that's actually what I thought at the time is he he's, doesn't expect to be able to shrug off Buffy. But he does... That is... He still is very her. strong. Like, that yeah. has pushed her really hard. Well, but that happens a lot on TV. Like, people get pushed or thrown and they go into walls and they break the walls. And I'm kind of curious how realistic that is. Yeah. And like, I'm like, dude, I get pushed and I stumble back and, like, oh, it hurt my arm like, to be pushed that hard. What's going on, Donna? Oh, my computer's being a dumbass. What I've always like, I wanted to talk about Buffy's fighting style some. Oh, okay. I was gonna say something and I realized it was interrupting, so I was gonna let you talk first. Okay, I was like, I was like, okay, she's getting ready for a rebuttal. I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna say. I do have a bit of a rebuttal, but uh, I haven't even said anything. Buffy's fighting style is good. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, like what I always appreciated about Buffy's fighting style wasn't her brawn. Like, it wasn't like like she's super strong. Like, as a slayer, and you need that in order to fight vampires because they're super strong. Um, but, like, I never once thought to myself, like, Buffy's going to beat this, win this fight because she's, like, got the strength. Like, I always thought to myself, Buffy's going to this, beat this bad guy because she's ingenious. Like, she's going to, like, pull that, like, pool cue, and then she's going to break it, and then she's going to stab this guy with it, and then she's going to use it to, like, jump off of this guy and, like, flip across the room to this other guy and like and she's gonna l grab the fire hydrant and she's fire extinguisher and she's gonna like smack somebody like she uses this is her environment and that's what like one of the things i love about her is like her environment becomes like her weapon but your strength is part of it like if you break the the pool cute the stick like you have to have the strength to break it, right? Like, I, I assume it takes some strength to drive a stake into the heart. Yeah, there's um, bone and yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it always seems a little too easy. Well, these, are, oh. these aren't dust till dawn vampires that are squishy. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. Like, I'm vampire diaries, they just reach in and they'll pull out a heart. And I'm like, oh, just is like it casually? Soft? Yeah, yeah, they're just like, I've killed you now. And I'm like... That seems like it should look harder to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it what I'm saying is, like, you need the strength to do what she does, but, like, like her strength is not, I think, what makes her such a successful slayer um, and such a successful fighter. Um, and and so, like, so, like, I was in agreement with Donna when Donna was, like, uh, like she demonstrated all these characteristics in this other fight with this vampire. I was actually surprised at how bad Buffy was at things. Like, she trains a lot, and she still couldn't hit... Like, she, she the... should at least be aiming properly. Right? Yeah. Like, well, okay, but, you know, I always remember in Once More with Feeling, in the training montage sing, that scene when Giles is singing, in, standing in your way, mm -hmm. and Buffy punches like this yeah. with her wrist bent, and I'm yeah. like, girl... I am like a yellow stripe in Taekwondo. I have taken the bare minimum of Taekwondo, and day one they taught you punch with your wrist straight. Mm -hmm. So like Keep your thumb out, wrist straight. Yeah, and so like I was pretty immediately in that episode. Like Buffy does not know how to throw a punch. She is lucky she's the Slayer because she would have broken that wrist a million times. Yeah, isn't perfect aim like a part of? 
I think so. Her powers. Apparently. Why is punning a part of the powers? (laughs) (laughs) All the slayers do seem to do it, though. Well, she says if I were, you know, at full slayer mode, I'd be punning right now. So, like, they've talked about how that is, like, an actual... Well, and like, like Faith has her little snappy comeback. Kendra did too, even. Yeah, even Kendra did. And we see um, Robin's mom. Nikki Wood. Nikki, Nikki Wood, Wood, thank you. Uh, we see her being kind of kind of a smart ass too. So I like I think that is one of the Slayer <laughs> snark. <laughs> you gained snark with your super strength. Is this episode the last mention of Amy until like season four? I think so. I think so. Like they they just they stop caring after this. Like she's yeah. getting Amy toys and stuff. I that always sticks out to me in this episode. That sticks to me. Yeah, that stuck out to me too. It was like, uh, you're not trying to change her anymore? I don't understand why Amy was so pissed off. Yeah. I'm I'm not team Amy, but I think that I would be pretty pissed too. Because Willow... Amy had reason to be mad, yeah. She got a shit deal throughout. Like, Amy's like body horror over and over and over. I wish I was a good writer and could... Like, I would be... I would write fan fiction, like... And I'm sure it exists somewhere, but like the Amy fan fiction. Oh, season (laughs) eight, she's like a primary villain. But yeah. she shouldn't be. Yeah, killed. but like, I mean, would she have been if she hadn't become? No, 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 definitely we, not. We <laughs> definitely not. One of our earlier episodes, how Amy becomes a villain over and over again, and a lot of it, I think, a lot of it is because she never like gets to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. She's always kind of on the outskirts, and everybody who is kind of on the outskirts becomes a villain. Well, and look at her mother. Yeah. <laughs> and and her four years as a rat. Yeah. Three yeah. years. I don't know whatever it was. And oh, um, guys. I just had a terrible thought, but I don't know that it's appropriate for this episode. We'll say it and I'll edit it out. Um, edit it, edit it. I think Amy's mom, is Amy's mom dead or is Amy's mom she's in suffering trophy. in the hellmouth? She's trapped she's in the trophy. trophy. No, she's not, not anymore. Not in season seven. Not at the end of season seven. I mean, why would she? Actually, not at the end of season. At, at the end of season three, the, the trophy is destroyed in the explosion. Presumably. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So maybe it's somewhere, maybe so, it got thrown out, but like wherever it went, presumably it's in the landfill somewhere in Sunnydale. Sunnydale gets destroyed at the end mm-hmm. of season seven, maybe sucked into the Hellmouth. So like, is, is she in the Hellmouth? Yes. Okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jen's face right now. I had never thought about that. I'm going to be thinking about this for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, some of this, some of this, like going back and watching this over is like, is like brain trippy. There's a lot of like, um, implications of things that I look at now and I'm like, whoa, that's dark. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about Buffy's little red riding hood cloak, which I really loved, but I think they spoiled it by then having, what's his name again? Talek? The Malik. vampire? Oh, uh, the oh, vampire's Kralik? name was Anne. Kralik. Kralik. Zachary Kralik? Kralik. I think they spoiled it by having him make little Red Riding Hood jokes. Yeah. yeah. I think if they would have just left her in her little Red Riding if they just would have left the hood and just let us go, oh, look, she's a little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot stronger. Can we talk about Kralik a little bit? We can. Um, so first off, whatever he did to those watchers was so bad that Giles nearly threw up. And yeah. he dropped his flashlight. Yeah, oh, his no, stake. He dropped his stake. He dropped That's his even stake. worse. Yeah, he dropped his stake and he nearly, like, he gagged. He, like, openly gagged. That was Arthur Catch. Whatever, whatever he did to Arthur Catch, though, Catch probably deserved. Probably. I mean, it's Catch. He's an asshole. Um, and then 
Like, so I have a, I, I have, I have bad taste in men. I like, <laughs> I think sociopaths are sexy. Um, Kralik does not do it for me. And it's not just because he's, like, he spends the whole time vamped, which I think is an important note. Mm-hmm. Like, he is never. You're not sexually attracted to vampires? Um, I mean, I'm clearly sexually attracted to Spike. But, like, in vamp face. Um, I can still, like, I'm still into Spike, whatever oh, okay. he looks like. But, like, Kral, like, Kralik enters another level of scary for me where I'm like, I don't even find your, like, your creepiness hot anymore. You just freak me out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's a pretty special I feel like that's a you, sign of emotional health. Uh you gotta go pretty <laughs> you gotta go pretty far to like go past my like, hello, you're covered in blood and I find you hot. And he definitely passes it. Like I am not I'm not like I'm not down with him at all. And uh he's a scary dude. And like every like I keep thinking about the line where he says I was 10 and my mother had the scissors and you won't believe what she did with those and like I have legitimately been thinking about that line since I watched this episode and I'm like because nothing visible has been yeah cut off. and I'm just like holy oh shit buffy what the fuck did he do you are a show for teenagers what the fuck did they do with the scissors Oh, I did not put much thought into that. And oh, I did. Now I'm putting a lot of thought into it. <laughs> God damn it. Dude, like, he said that line, and I sat there staring at my computer for a minute, and then I backed it up, and I watched it again, and then I, like, turned on my... <laughs> I turned on the closed captioning, because I'm like, maybe I'm just not hearing this right. And I watched it again, and I was like, dude. I love his line to Joyce when he goes, I, I have issues with mothers. I'm, I'm aware of that. <laughs> And that's important. It's important to be aware of, of your issues. I, I actually, I kind of like him in that line. I, like, I, like, I, yeah, he's a, he's an interesting character, but like, and like that line made me think I should totally like think you're hot, but you scare the fuck out yeah. of me. See, and you're focusing on the important stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm just like, how do you have time to take all those Polaroids? Those were a lot that, that, that's of a, I, That's I what I'm always yes. preoccupied with. Why, why? When did the photograph room happen? When did he have time for the photograph room? Because that is a lot of photographs. It is a lot. And he, I mean, he, he would have to go out and, like, get a Polaroid camera. And oh, that's a lot of film. There's ten pictures for each thing of film. Holy shit. And that yeah. was, like, over a hundred pictures. Yeah. I mean, you know he stole, like, well, my also, first thought is, oh, he couldn't afford that. And I'm like, of course he didn't buy it. <laughs> well, and also there's a lot of tape. Involved in hanging up all those pictures. So I'm just picturing, like, Krolik, the vampire, just, like, walking into Walmart and stealing, like, 14 rolls of Polaroid film and 18 things of tape. I'm picturing the really creepy 15 minutes where he's just like, all right, just make a whole bunch of faces for me, Joe. That's it. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I just, I got to take a shit ton of these. We don't have time. We don't, we don't have, have time. time. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the stuff that I pay attention to. Where I'm just like, this is unrealistic. He could not have taken all those Polaroids. <laughs> also, like this also brings in like, does he know how to work a Polaroid camera? Apparently, because oh, he he'd did. have to change the film. He showed us that he did. Uh, he he showed us t- taking one picture. Yeah, he showed us taking one picture, but taking a picture and changing the film in a camera are two very different. Sometimes, things. if you look at um, what uh, villain has set up. For, for our hero, not just in Buffy, but in each show. Just think about 
just imagine them setting everything up. <laughs> and it's actually really funny. <laughs> because they had to do all that work. Mm-hmm. But we don't think about that. So now I want to see a villain at some point be like, did you see the picture? You didn't even see the picture room? I spent hours on the picture room to scare you and you didn't even go through it? God, how upsetting would it have been if Buffy hadn't done that? (laughs) Buffy had gotten straight for the cellar because I would have gone straight for the cellar thinking that's where my mom is. Yeah. Who knows what other rooms he had set up that she just didn't even know. Right. There might have been, I don't know, the crayon drawing room. Right? Oh, all those crayon drawings just lost. Like, nobody's going to care. Was some body part X'd out with scissors? Oh, we would have figured out what the scissors were for. Damn it, Buffy. Uh, so, uh, also, we discover in this that uh, vampires show up in photos. Yes, they do. Which they shouldn't. That's not necessarily true. I actually saw, read an interesting thing about it, uh, silver. Yeah, but Polaroids. Do Polaroids would use still, silver? Would still use silver. Oh, well, never mind. I'm 90% sure now that I've said that. You're a Dr. Donna, not a scientist. Uh, if you're not familiar what we're talking about... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> because they don't show their reflection in mirrors, but mirrors historically have had a silver backing, so an argument could be made that it's the silver, and traditional film photography uses silver... Uh, but modern photography and modern mirrors do not use silver. So, theoretically, vampires should show up in, like, a metal mirror. Yeah. But also, as far as we know, vampires aren't real, so, like, does it... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm a fun killer. If I, you know, we'll be debating something like this, and I'm just like, but also, it's not real. No, but what well, are when we have conversations, as far as we know, it's not. When we have conversations about this in the lore, the lore must be exact and consistent. There's that whole thing about like if there are vampires in space, we'd never know because telescopes all use mirrors. Oh. <laughs> so there's a whole lot of important stuff that has yet to be discussed. Um, um Father, uh, I really enjoyed Quentin's line. That, like, the line that Quentin says that allows Buffy to forgive Giles. Wait, we're not there yet. Oh, oh, so much stuff left to discuss, but let's not discuss it yet. We're still in the house. <laughs> My mind went to the same place yours <laughs> She outsmarts him. Oh, yeah. By making him drink holy water. The there whole... was a moment where I was like, why the fuck did she give him his pills back? Well, it's yeah. the only time they ever use holy water in the whole show, right? No, they've uh, used holy water before, but never as effectively. This was the most mm-hmm. effective use yeah. of holy water. Like, because you see he was it around. So bad. so bad. I just, why wouldn't, I mean, why wouldn't you just have somebody bless, like, all the water in town? Yeah. Like, why? Because they do that in Supernatural. They, yeah. well, and they do, on Vampire Diaries, like, the Vervain, which is, like, their kryptonite or whatever, they put it in the water in the town at one point. And it just seems like that would be really smart uh, they they do that in Supernatural when they bless like all the water in that mm-hmm. neighborhood and then the sprinklers go off and like all demons have to run for cover, like in season three I think it was. Um, you know I really think that we would be a good Scooby gang. Yeah, <laughs> we're smart. We're mm-hmm. we're we if, admire Buffy. If the Hellmouth was in Oklahoma, there's might, so many I mean, churches here. I really dude, think. Let's just take a moment to compare Mary Fallon. <laughs> To the mayor and Buffy. Oh, the mayor's so much better. Right? So I'm just saying. Clever and charming. You know, I bet he appreciates teachers. I bet he does. I bet he does, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm imagining Mary Fallon turning into a snake now. Well, turning, turning into. into... <laughs> I forgot where we were going with, with this initially. There was a Buffy reason we were, we were talking about, about holy water. Holy oh yeah, water, yeah, yeah. Oh, but the reason, uh, the like, um, yeah, like, I, the reason why it wouldn't work normally for for uh, in Buffy is because vampires don't normally drink water. But what if they bite someone who has recently had water? Would that do anything? Or like, even if you even if you spilled water on them. I feel like I think original sin. I think original sin like cancels out the holiness of the water if you drink it. Listen, like, the digestive tract is gross. Okay. Yeah, original sin is there. Do they never get thirsty? Vampires? Yeah. They just drink whiskey, according to Spike. I'm just. I'm just. Well, I mean, so they don't drink things normally. They don't use. They don't have biological processes. That was one of my questions. Is actually like, they why don't, does he have pills? Why does he have pills? Yeah, they shouldn't have any effect on him. I don't think you're supposed well, to think about it. I don't. I, I don't think that's true because um, Spike still drinks whiskey and gets drunk. That's true. And Spike also smokes. Okay, so the pills would have an effect. The pill, yeah, like vampires in the Smoking Buffy world. Smoking is a weird habit for people who don't breathe. Yeah, honestly, the breathing. So the, I was talking, honestly, Donna. <laughs> honestly, the vampires don't breathe thing is probably the more problematic one. Like, if you take that away, like I've seen give, Angel out of breath. Yeah. He acts entirely through panting. <laughs> so, like, if you take that away, then vampire lore works pretty consistently. It's like, they do need pills, they, they can get drunk, they, like, all this stuff. They they need sleep sometimes, sometimes they don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, it's, uh... You, you, the, the, this episode is written by somebody different <laughs> than who wrote, uh, say, Amends, or, uh... Pretty sure it's different from that the lore should be so, consistent. So, so I think sometimes people forget things. Oh yeah, Joss Reed Rudiments. I think sometimes people forget things that were established in other episodes about the vampire lore. I think like they'd be a little more consistent these days because now when you write a show, you know it's going to get binged. Yeah. You know it's going to get watched a million times and people are going to be talking about it on the internet. At this point, I mean, they did. I know there were fan sites and stuff, but they didn't. They didn't know. They didn't know what we were all going to be like. Yeah. Well, this That's was one true. of the shows I think kind of made that culture to a yeah. certain extent. Like, mm-hmm. this show did not start out being, feeling like a continuous story. Mm-hmm. This this show started out feeling very episodic, very self-contained within the episodes. And I remember. And it's only in this season, like, in this season really, where I think it starts to call back to itself. Mm-hmm. And, like, as an example, I feel like Buffy feels kind of out of character in Bad Girls which is a she couple episodes from very now. Much feels out of character. Unless you take into account the shit that happened in this episode and the next episode. Mm. So, Travers said something really cool in the last scene. Ah, uh, yes. Quentin Travers <laughs> said he has he has a father's love for his chi- for a child. In his voice that he says. Yes. He has a father's love like for him. his child. Yeah, I, I wrote that down. Like, I... That, that shit makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> I really love it. I, and I love, like, what he does is bad, but it's one of those things where, and this is something we talk about a lot these days politically with, like, you know, at, at, you understand someone doing their job, and then there's a certain point where you have to be like, why am I doing this job? And that's what Giles does, and that's important. Yeah. Because I do, as, as an adult trying to get paid, um, <laughs> I understand that sometimes you do things at work that you question, but then you just have to wonder, 
Like, if, if he didn't question it, yeah, I'd hate him. But the fact that he does tell her, that's really important. And But it's just so sad because if he, she just wanted to go to the ice show... Yeah. And that that would have helped their relationship a lot. Yeah. I actually just this moment understood why Buffy forgave him. Because I don't know that I would have. However, the fact that her father let her down in this episode is a very informative part of what goes on. Yes. Because as angry as she is at Giles, and she said some mean things to him, as angry as she was at Giles, he came when she needed him. Yes. He was there when she needed him. And that's why she forgave him, because he was the father she needed him to be in yeah. that moment. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I, I, I tear up. I think Quentin. <laughs> I think I think Quentin. Like I, I think I, I worry if Quentin hadn't said that though. Like would Buffy have put it all together then, right then when she did? No, she would have put it together eventually because she's really smart. But like, mm-hmm. would she have put it together right then? I don't, I don't think. Know. I don't think she would have. I don't think she would have forgiven Giles as quickly. Okay, yeah, that's how I feel too. So then Giles gets fired by the Watchers Council, and what else? Oh my God! The reason that I will forgive Cordy for all she was pretty mean in the next episode. Mm-hmm. The reason I will forever forgive her for anything from now until the end of time was when Buffy looked at Cordelia and said, "Will you give me a ride home?" She said, "Of course." She Without stopped everything. Mm-hmm. She, well, because Cordelia always comes in and is insulting everyone and acting like she didn't give a shit, but she does actually care about them. Like, mm-hmm. she, look, uh, having watched Angel a few times, Cordelia is actually maybe my favorite character. She's yeah. pretty great. Um, yeah, and you I, know like, what? I like her so much more now. Like, when I was a mm-hmm. teenager, I was like, fuck Cordelia, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, Cordelia is amazing. I got to have a little exchange with her at Wizard World last year. It was like the highlight of my life. That's awesome. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you did? Yes. It yeah. was. It, we talked about it on the podcast, but it was. It was. Uh, it, she told me. Uh, it was her and Emma Caulfield together, mm-hmm. and uh, I walk up to them, and I'm like, uh, I start talking to them both, and I'm like, I love you both. You both are amazing. Blah blah. And and Charisma Carpenter is like, excuse me, this is my booth. You have to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to ask them a question at the Q&A, and uh, she, it, this has nothing to do with Buffy, but she told me that Carrie Russell's hair smells great, and that was, like, really important to, like, teen me to hear that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, sorry, I, I just, I love Cordelia so much, and in that moment, you, that's one of the moments where she's not pretending, she's just like, she, and that's like a girl thing, right? Like, even if she did hate her. That's girl code. You understand something bad is going on there. Mm -hmm. You take your friend out. Mm -hmm. And you don't ask questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I love Cordelia so much. Um, I have a couple of smaller things. Uh, One of them is, why does Joyce step outside of the house? Because she's still new. (laughs) She doesn't, I I mean, (laughs) she doesn't know. I'm like, vampires can't come in unless they're invited. Just, just... Stay on, stay on the side of your door, Jay. Yeah, thought it was her daughter down on the ground. I sometimes I think about like, what if I was a parent and my kid was in these situations? I'm like, oh my god, the mistakes I would make. It would be terrible. I would have rushed right out that door. I used to enjoy uh, having daydreams about zombie the zombie apocalypse, and like I remember (laughs) we told our friend that she couldn't come with us 
uh, this is when people were eating each other's faces off and stuff, and I thought it. I thought we needed plans, and we told her she couldn't come with us because she would need to bring her kid, and she would make stupid decisions with her kid there. And now that I'm a parent. I realize what an asshole thing that I don't think it was wrong, but I do think it was like an asshole move because it's just like the things I would do for my kid that I know would get me killed. It's mm-hmm. upsetting. I used to really enjoy the apocalypse dreams I had, mm-hmm. and now they're just full of anxiety. Kids ruin everything. <laughs> they're so full of anxiety because I'm like, okay. Like, I used to have anxiety about, like, my cat. What would I do with mm-hmm. my cat? And now I'm like, my kid, who's not going to be quiet. My mm-hmm. cat was way quieter. My kid, who is a lot heavier than my cat. <sighs> Kids ruin the... Because I was ready for the apocalypse, so yeah. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> about five years ago, I was ready. But now I hope it doesn't come. Yeah. <laughs> because of my kid. And because I wouldn't last very long, with or without a child. Um, so another thing is... Um, and this bothered me sort of throughout was, um, uh, I don't know how to phrase this. My note is called The Victimization of Buffy. But, um, it's like... She becomes less than helpless. Like, without her Slayer powers, she is unable to... She is completely incapable of living her life. I think there's a point where she's kind of overwhelmed by what's happened to her and she's not um, she's not reacting to it well but as soon as Joyce is taken she's like fuck this I'm 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 going after right. mom. Right. Yeah. But like they're like, like when she's walking home and I just kept and, and like the dudes cat call her um, first off, that was a really graphic cat call, again, for a TV show for teenagers. Okay. I was going to say, the thing that was said to me in New York, walking around Manhattan after midnight. No, no, no. <laughs> like, yeah, but, I mean, this is a show for teenagers. Okay. In, in defense I've had of... things like that said to me, too, but, oh, like, this is a show for teenagers. In defense of teenagers, do you remember the movie Kids? Yeah. I watched it when I was in eighth grade. Teenagers can handle a lot. That's true. Snowboard is for teenagers. <laughs> like, teens teens can handle way more than we give them credit for. It's true, and I think I've actually become more protective now that I have a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. Um, but, um, I don't it's know, funny. I just felt like she was, like, Buffy was less capable than Cordelia. I think Buffy thought she was less capable. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, that's how I interpreted that, is, is when those guys spoke to her and she started to turn around, you could almost see her think... Oh, I can't do anything about this. And and then she ran off. Well, Cordelia thinks nothing can happen. She's, you know, like most teens, she walks around thinking nothing can happen to her. That's true. Buffy knows what can happen to her. That's true. Um, and my last note that, well, not my last note, but um, why doesn't Buffy get help before she goes into the house? Like, we've already established. Who would she get over- help from? Willow? Xander? Actually, getting help from Will, from Xander would be a good setup for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but he I mean, can't even open a jar. He can't even open a jar. I'm so glad he couldn't open that jar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but she wouldn't have gone to Giles at that point. She would not have gone to Giles. But there's no reason she wouldn't have gone to Willow or Xander. We've established over and over again that friendship is magic, and the reason why Buffy does like why Buffy lasts longer than any other Slayer. Yeah, I even drew a little rainbow. <laughs> I mean, I think she just 
instinct. Sometimes Buffy just goes on her own. That's you true. know, she's she's going after her mom. Yeah. Like there's no time. I can I can come up with an explanation for anything, you guys. Like <laughs> I have filled in so many holes in this show. Yeah. Like that's that's my superpower. So I have a reason for everything. Well, we are pushing an hour here, so okay. how are we doing? I have one more thing. Okay. <laughs> um, in the book that Angel gives to Buffy, he wrote always. <laughs> Which is also what Snape says. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I caught that too. I don't think I ever thought about that before. Me either. In another another point, uh, Buffy's dad is not mentioned after this in the series that I know of. Um, because he's no, fucking dead to no, her. No, he actually is there. Um, well, they, they call him when Joyce dies. But also okay. in the episode where they make Buffy think that she's in an asylum, her parents are there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So... But yeah, this is one of the last times yeah. her dad shows up, so I was going to say, he fucks up real bad. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, and then when 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 Joyce dies, he fails them utterly. Mm-hmm. So uh, the last comment I have is when we have our merch store, I want a t-shirt that says hashtag sad overalls. Okay, I think we're about done here. Um, Jen, would you like to tell us about your podcasts? Yes, I have two podcasts with my husband. It's the thing we do where we're not talking about our child. Uh, (laughs) One is Pilot Inspectors, and we watch a different pilot, TV pilot, every episode. Um, And you can find us at pilotinspectors.com and pilot inspectors everywhere, basically. Um, Spell the normal way. Not the name way. Yeah, yeah, not the way. And I got to tell Jason Lee about my podcast, <laughs> which was very exciting. But, um, yeah, we have that, and we do one episode a week now. We used to do two, so there's almost 300 episodes. There are a lot wow. of episodes. It's a lot. And we just, a couple months ago, launched a new podcast called Closer to Free. It's a Party of Five rewatch podcast, and it would be a good crossover if you're listening to this because you like a 90s teen show. Uh, Party of Five does not have vampires, but it has a lot of tragedy. So that's fun. Also, I feel like, like, I've mentioned Party of Five on this podcast one time, because I feel like there's a very similar speaking style that Buffy does when she's sad Mm -hmm. to how Julia sounds all the time. (laughs) I, you know, I liked Julia a lot more when I was a teen. Same. I'm having some problems. (laughs) But, uh, we Same with Bailey, too. Yeah. That's how we feel about Xander. Oh, yeah, I have some feelings about Xander. But yeah, we, we've just we've been doing that for a couple months, and it's really fun because I loved the show when it was on, but my husband had never seen it until this year. I'm always so floored whenever like there's a show like Party of Five that felt ubiquitous mm-hmm. to me, and somebody's like, I've never seen it. Well, and we were dating in high school, and he would never watch it with me. So right now, I feel like like I won. Like, 16-year-old me won, and now he has to spend three years watching every episode of Party of Five, and that is closer to free pod everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, uh, I mean, they're the same website, but closer to free pod will take you, take you to the website, um, and we would, we would love new listeners. All right, very cool. Um, I'm gonna ask y'all, please go visit us on iTunes or Google Play do that rate review and subscribe thing oh we got a review we really appreciate it um stage fright says that we the hosts that's us we're the hosts are (laughs) witty and interesting and they have plenty of opinions and jokes and makes for a winning podcast so thank you very much stage fright and see if you would write us a review we'd read you out on air too 
See there? Um, I like the way fright is spelled. F-R-Y-T-E. Fright. I love it. Yeah, I think we should be best friends. You, me, and stage fright. Me and stage fright. So, <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, and talk about us with your friends. Um, talk about us on social media. We have a very complicated uh, name on social media. Yes, it's once more W Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Once more W Buffy. The W is short for with. got our twitter and our instagram you can also find us and our sister podcast and our brother podcast on gumby cat networks that's gumbycatnetworks.com where they have all kinds of fun and interesting pop culture type podcasts and you're up sure <laughs>